little Zeppelin to get you up and at him this morning. Warm me up. Celebrate Jimmy Page's birthday. He's 80 today. Some guitar licks. He delivered man over the ages. Iconic. But yes, the Arctic Air is back, and it's a big blast, too. We're back to ensuring our gas tank has to be full right and that our pets aren't left outside too long. Back to plugging in. I had to go looking for my block heater cord this morning when I uh, went to plug it in. Wasn't hanging down in the usual spot, so I stuck my hand in there, eventually found it. Then I realized, oops, forgot the extension cord, whipped back into the garage before coming to work for that. Hauled out the parka again. My old friend, I'll be seeing you, uh, I think, a lot more this week by the looks of this forecast. For the unhoused, a temporary warming bus is in operation outside of Carmichael Outreach until they get that extra space all in order that is being financed from the city and uh, mixed with a provincial grant, too. So once they do, they're going to be able to house an additional 50 to 80 people, but it's going to take a week or two to get it fully arranged. Till then, that bus will be parked outside of uh, Carmichael Outreach. It's the weather change that we all knew was coming, right? But it's still quite jarring considering how mild it's been in November and December. And if you're feeling the numbness in your finger and toes when you're out too long, imagine how a lot of our newcomers in this province feel for the first time experiencing this. Saskatchewan was probably a culture shock in the first place, and now this kind of weather takes some getting used to and adapting. But hey, at least there's no mosquitoes. Uh, looks like Regina might be dodging a snow bullet today. We won't make more than a couple centimeters come our way, but if you have plans to head further north to Saskatoon later, maybe check that highway hotline. Areas north of Davidson are under a snowfall warning. Could see four to six inches of snow. But no matter the Arctic blast, football still top of mind. <laughs> Football. I know a lot of people yesterday were trying to register the kids for the Regina Youth Flag Football League. Spring registration, right? Thousands all trying at the same time. But trouble. And in fact, I did see later on social media the league apologizing for all the tech problems. Admitted that some successfully registered. Others found themselves on the wait list. And in some cases, if you did get through to registration... It was making you uh, pay multiple payments. As a result, a lot of players were put on a wait list due to teams being full. The problem, they said, stems from their system issuing multiple registrations, like three, four, five, six, seven times for some individuals. So they're working on addressing the multiple registrations within the same families. That'll open up for some more people. But uh, I'm sure it's pretty crazy at the office of the Regina Youth Flag Football League yesterday, dealing with this. Last year, that league was named the NFL Flag Football League of the Year. It's really well run and operated with more than 5,000 kids involved. So this was uh, just a bit of a blip. I know it's not one that was uh, loved by many yesterday. It's a little confusing. And, of course, anytime you, uh, you get that notice, you're on the wait list. You're like, no. Tough league to crack. They just don't have enough volunteer coaches. So uh, if you want to get in and volunteer, that would help uh, provide more spots for more kids too. I'm sure they'd love to hear from you.
Yeah, it certainly seems like the teachers in the province remain pretty far apart. That conciliation reporter's out now, and uh, of course the province remains unwilling to really uh, address classroom size, complexity, and seemingly not wanting to budge on wage either, at least at the bargaining table. However, now the province announces they want to start with an 18-month pilot project of special needs classrooms for behavioral issues in eight urban school divisions. Now, some parents of special needs kind of feel like it's segregation. The NDP says it'll impact less than a percent of Saskatchewan students. I am curious to hear how the education minister, Jeremy Cockrell, on this one comes uh, on our airwaves just after the 8.30 news this morning on the Evan Bray Show. I'd like him uh, to expand a little on the release Monday, particularly in regards to how it's going to be staffed. They say a minimum of one teacher and two education assistants with a capacity of 15 students at a time to be uh, supported by other staff like psychologists or counselors. That's that's a lot of teamwork coming together. I thought staffing was part of the issue for this sort of thing with the teachers right now. Anyhow, uh, the province seemingly admitting the issue the teachers are fighting for, the issue they're trying to offer right now kind of, convolutes the whole thing, doesn't it? That's certainly what the Saskatchewan Teachers Federation president, Samantha Beacott, is suggesting here. It is a clear admission of government that they agree class complexity is increasing uh, and needs to be addressed and that additional funds are needed. Beacott said uh, part of the conciliators report, conciliators report spoke in favor of the uh, teachers being able to bargain on the matter of class complexity, which seems pretty significant since the province says no way. But again, the, the Minister of Education, Jeremy Cockrell, who has been pretty adamant that the class complexity is not a matter to be bargained over on the Evan Bray Show just after uh, 8.30 this morning. Lots to try and better understand from both uh, Samantha Beacott, who is going to be on right after Cockrell. And uh, Evan's still under the weather today, but Taylor McPherson will be sitting in. I feel great myself this morning, but oh, all this cold and flu going around now, my voice kind of raspy, but uh, I feel good. Hopefully uh, you're doing okay in your household. A few sniffles and coughs going around for sure. I was just thinking too, uh, as the province and the teachers seem to be at this impasse, if you're a teacher and uh, you want a little uh, lift, Here's something I didn't play yesterday. Paul Giamatti's Golden Globes thank you speech from Sunday at the Golden Globes. He'll cheer you up a little here. He won for his acting in a movie called um, The Cranky History Teacher. He literally plays a cranky history teacher at a remote prep school is forced to remain on campus over the holidays with a troubled student who had no place to go. But anyhow, he won Best Actor and said this about teachers. Oh, my gosh. So many stairs. Too many stairs. My knees are shot, I'm telling you. Up and down all night, standing up and sitting down all night. My knees. I'm never going to be in John Wick 5 at this rate. Thank you, Golden Gloves. I want to give a shout-out to my son, Samuel, who recently graduated from college. Thank you. And it's a movie about a teacher. I play a teacher in it. My whole family, they're teachers. All of them, going back generations. Teachers are good people. Got to respect them. They do a good thing. It's a tough job. So this is for teachers as well. Thanks, guys. Thank you. There you go. Paul Giamatti. Uh, the movie, actually, I'm sure, is called The Holdover. And uh, it's out now as he plays a teacher. So fitting that 
He gives a shout-out to teachers here. Now, keeping with movies for a moment, I'm watching the original Terminator the other night, and I had to rewind it a couple of times because this kind of hit me. If you didn't know, the original Terminator with Arnold came out in 1984, 40 years ago. And when you listen to this particular scene where Sarah Connor doesn't want to believe a robot stalking humans doesn't exist in 1984. I am not stupid, you know. They cannot make things like that yet. Not yet. Not for about 40 years. 40 years later. It's 2024. Who's ready for the robot apocalypse this year? He said I want to see you again. But I'm stuck in colder weather. Maybe tomorrow will be better. Can I call you then? She said you're a rambling man. Well, hopefully you don't get stuck you because of the colder weather. Gonna change. There is uh, going to be some snowfall today. Only a couple centimeters for us. Not even uh, an inch. However, uh, more so if you go north. Uh, number 11 towards Saskatoon. Make sure you check the highway hotline later because uh, north of Davidson, they're under a snowfall warning. Could see four to six inches of snow that way. And with this cold snap, uh, we head to Driven Automotive to meet Jason Mancinelli for some winter reminders. want to thank you again, Jason, for being here. Let me start with the, uh, the, let's put an end to the debate of what the temperature has to be before you plug in. Well, a lot of cars actually have a thermostatic block heater on them now, and they don't even start turning themselves on until about minus 12, minus 14. So once you're below minus 10, you're safe to plug in, and from there your car kind of decides on its own, too, if it's going to warm up its block or not. Cars are getting pretty fancy. Yeah, they sure are. I- I- is it hard on your vehicle if you don't plug it in at all? Well, there's definitely a little bit of extra stress on something when it has the oil thicked up from the type of coals we see. Uh, it doesn't flow as quickly or as readily, so... It does incur a little bit of wear, not usually the failure that shows overnight, but for the longevity of the vehicle and for your own comfort, you'll notice it. Plugging in definitely helps out and get the most out of your vehicle and, you know, creature comforts for yourself. Yeah, of course. And what about the length of time you need to warm the vehicle up? Is is there an ideal length? You know, minus 10, minus 20, 30 seconds, and you're pretty good to go. They say by the time you get your seatbelt on, the mirrors adjust and settles, the car itself is ready to go. For me, uh, thinking about windshields, the ability to see out of your vehicle and not frost up from breathing, yeah, I always like to let them idle for a couple of minutes until the warmth starts coming out of the vents just to be safe and you don't fog up. But uh, actual need of the vehicle, it's actually ready to go pretty quickly. Cool. Well, Driven Automotive's Jason Mancinelli is here. How about the uh, age-old debate on uh, winter tires or all-season tires? Which one wins and works best? I think I know your answer. Yeah, you know what? You're speaking of music for me. There's no comparison a winter tire to an all-season tire. And uh, with the amount of vehicles on the road compared to 30 years ago and just the weird weather and the ice ups we have now, it's kind of horrible in Saskatchewan when we have one insurance agency and we all pay the deductibles for poor decisions. So I really wish they'd start to look at getting our roads moving a bit better in the winter with some kind of winter tire mandate. And give a break, too, if you get winter tires. That would be cool as well. Any real difference between a studded tire or treaded tire? A very well-designed winter tire with the proper grips, and uh, some of them have things like walnut shells put into the rubber for extra grab. They're very premium, but a lot of them are still designed to accept a stud because there is that extra layer on ice with studs. Uh, studs can be hard on the asphalt or your driveway, too, so that would be the only drawback as well as noise. Jason Mancinelli from Driven Automotive and uh, Winter Tires. They, they have a good shelf life, too, don't they? Well, tires have a shelf life like milk. Uh, over in Europe, uh, seven-year-old tires are no longer legal. We're not like that here, of course, but winter tires... 
tires don't wear as readily. You get a 10-year-old pair of winter tires, it's probably time to replace them even if they have tread left because they're starting to delaminate and have problems with the structure of the rubber. Okay, really quick, how important is it to check your uh, car battery? Batteries will save people a lot of money by replacing them before they fail. Cars have so many computers on them now. Fluctuations in voltage cause a lot of problems. Don't wait for your battery to fail and let you down in front of the parking lot. It might not just let you down for the battery. It might take out a $1,000 computer with it. You got a five-year-old battery in your car? Replace it. It's time. Wow. Five years and your battery is up. Uh, well, that's good to know. And I got to thank you, buddy, for all the tips, Jason. Yeah, I hope you're enjoying the new year, and we'll catch you later. I'm Greg Morgan at 622. What do you got there on the breakfast table this morning? Do you have any blueberries to go along with that cereal or any blueberries at all in the fridge? You might want to consider it because particularly wild berries, blueberries particularly, are really great for you. But uh, it's a chance to live longer. Yeah, when it comes to antioxidants, heart health and cancer prevention, Dr. Marianne Lilla from the Plants for Human Health Institute suggesting blueberries pack a punch the moment you squish one. She says those stains on your fingers when you do that, they're all the health protective compounds that are good for your body and help with cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, memory, many forms of cancer, and it's actually bolstering your immunity. It's antiviral. And Dr. Tasnia Botnia, who studies the benefits of berries, on our bodies in Atlanta suggests it's never too late to start reaching for blueberries, even as a snack. While blueberries are higher in antioxidants, one of the great benefits of blueberries in general, high in antioxidants, they really help with fiber. They provide about 14% of your daily fiber requirements, and they're high in vitamin C. And you get all of this in just a little cup of blueberries for 90 calories. You can't beat that. Wow. Just 90 calories for a cup of blueberries. Great uh, post-workout recovery snack, too, she suggests. Again, due to their uh, antioxidant power, blueberries have been studied for their ability to lower post-workout inflammation. However, you should know that because blueberries are high in fiber, eat too many, could get a little gassy, if you know what I mean, but someone would need to eat several cups of blueberries on a daily basis to worry about side effects of diarrhea on a regular basis. But, again... Even staining your teeth, yes, you'd have to eat a heck of a lot to worry about your pearly whites. Those are a couple of the negatives. But blueberries, can't eat enough blueberries in this day and age. Hey, last night, I noticed Jimmy Kimmel was back on the air. He'd been on the holiday break. And let me take you back. NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers took a shot at late-night host Kimmel, recently suggesting his name would come up on that Jeffrey Epstein list of celebrities who had ties to sex abuse. Kimball threatened a lawsuit, said emphatically Rogers was sharing false information. So back from his holiday break last night, he ripped into Rogers at length. I won't play the whole rant for you, but he ended with this. If you are a member of a group that think it's okay to randomly call someone a child molester because you don't like what that person has to say, maybe you should rethink being a part of that group. Congratulations to Aaron Rodgers, who has done the impossible. He made the New York Jets look even worse. (laughs) Incidentally, Rodgers uh, even said yesterday himself he's going to be on the Pat McAfee show where he made that first statement again today with his rebuttal to Kimmel. This will probably just go on and on and on. 
And, of course, we've been talking lately about the Alaskan Airlines flight that uh, had to return to Portland, Oregon after takeoff, after a big piece of the side of the plane broke off, creating that refrigerator-sized hole. It turns out that door-slash-window plug tore away. Passengers sharing stories now uh, a lot more with us, suggesting how even the cockpit door, which is supposed to be so impenetrable, right? Well, the pressure popped it open, and thankfully the two seats next to the hole were empty, although a young man was sitting on the aisle seat, and apparently his shirt was sucked right off. The son's shirt was like completely blown off, and his body was extremely red. His body was extremely red. That's what happens as uh, you go uh, in a in a plane that is decompressing. It's just cold and windy, and the hole even shredded all the cushioning off the seats in that row. Similar planes were quickly grounded, and now United Airlines confirming that it found loose door plug bolts and installation issues on a few Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes. Bolts needing additional tightening. And even scarier yet, it turns out there were previous concerns of this particular Alaskan Airlines plane, which is relatively new. But previous pilots had reported concerns of warning lights coming on about cabin pressure. And they serviced the plane, but they put it back into service with the restriction, don't fly it over open water. Yikes! That's concerning. A lot of people asking why it was even flying over land. Incidentally, no Canadian Airlines operating the MAX 9, but some of the big carriers like Air Canada and WestJet have uh, relationships with partners stateside like Alaska Airlines and United who have grounded these flights. So it could, it could, depending on your connection flights, uh, tamper your uh, immediate plans. But you should check that out in advance, of course.